You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sitok. Hello. Hello, world. Hello, everybody. How are you all doing this fine week? How are you doing? Me, currently, I'm good. I don't know if I'd ask the whole world how they are, except just to check in and say, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah. It's, 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 not, it's not an easy time. It's not. It's not. Um, what do you think about this week's events? I don't have an opinion. <laughs> I know better than to even start that discussion. <laughs> I do. I mean, it's impossible. Everything's impossible. It's impossible to state your opinion on whether or not the coronavirus is one thing or another. It's impossible to state your support for or position against or in line with any movement whatsoever of any kind, anywhere, politically, racially speaking, religiously speaking, anything. I'm not saying don't do it, but podcast, not the place to do it. It's impossible you will never, you will be right to a certain number of people, and then everyone else, you are wrong. And that's just the way it is. But one thing's for sure, this year is particularly crazy. I mean, is it? It is. It feels like it, just because we're all involved. But I mean, you know, humans have been through a lot of shit over the last however many hundreds of thousands of years. So I don't know. I wasn't there, so I can't compare, but... That's not the before the after the show discussion. What I, what I was looking at before the show was um, how air conditioning was invented. Mm. And I you learned, are. what's that guy's name? Carrier. Carrier. I learned that he invented air conditioning because in America, people were working in factories and mills and they were so hot, people were fainting and passing out. So he tried to devise... The story you read to me was a printing press where the ink wasn't right and it wasn't printing properly. This is the second part. Oh, okay. So uh, he was people in mills were passing out because it was like 120 degrees because they had glass roofs, a lot of them, where uh, so they, you know, very bright inside. He was like living it, being in a greenhouse. Yeah. And then this, the printing press uh, contacted him. He'd already been working on stuff. And they said that their ink was going, because it's so hot in there, it was making the colors come out wrong. So he invented a thing where it passes cold water through pipes underneath the device, and that um, makes it cooler. But then it later on, it, you know, it changed to how we have AC today. Sure, but that's, I work in a data center that's yeah. water-cooled. Well, one of the things big that, pipes full of cold water pulling, pushing through, absorbing the heat and moving around, and that is actually one of the main ways it's cooled. Just like your water cooled computer or like a car. Yeah, one of the things I read, which was interesting, is this a is this a podcast about air conditioning? Was that <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm saying. What one of the things I read was that parts of the USA were not particularly inhabited before AC, such as the desert places. Sure. 
And AC was the main reason people actually started to build houses in those places. So it actually changed the whole map of where people were located when AC was invented. Hmm. So when you turn on your AC on these very hot days, think of the man who invented it. And just like I was saying before, someone will claim that he's not the guy. No. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you can say that and then someone's going, no, no, no. Well, there was a guy read, in Greece, or there was a guy in Russia, or there was a guy in South Africa, or there was a guy in Nicaragua who invented this way before that guy, but he gets all the attention, because his name is Carrier, and it's a big deal, so... And if you read the Wikipedia, it doesn't necessarily say he invented it, because somebody else was also working on it at the same time, and uh, right. it kind of just came All about. we know is, we have it, and it's good. True. So, it is Saturday, June the 6th. This is after the show 637. We're a movie review podcast. This week we're looking at the movie Terminator Dark Fate, which I did a bit of research, Sid Talk. You did. And I figured that the, figured out that this is the sixth Terminator film. Sixth Correct. film? Does that include the TV series? The, that doesn't count as a film, but it's the... All right, this is the seventh piece of Terminator things. Okay. Um... It's a 2020 release, it's out now, it's rated R, and it's from our friends at Paramount who sent us a copy of the 4K for review. So Sidtok, you give us the synopsis and then I'll give you the real one. Hmm, machines slash uh, enhanced humans from the future come back to ensure and or change the future. Sounds like every Terminator film. <laughs> That's what I was trying to... I was like, <laughs> this isn't going to be much different. And when you get to the essence of the story, it's uh, that changing the future is futile because it just is going to be what it's going to be. All right. So on the back of the box, it says, Decades after Sarah Connor prevented Judgment Day, a lethal new Terminator is sent to eliminate the future leader of the Resistance. In a fight to save mankind, battle-hardened Sarah Connor teams up with an unexpected ally and an enhanced super soldier to stop the deadliest Terminator yet. With right. The, so With the fate of humanity hanging in the balance in this action-packed thrill ride from the director of Deadpool and producer James Cameron. It just goes on and on and on. It's kind of like watching all the Star Wars movies and then realizing the bad guy has a big thing and he's going to blow up some shit if you don't all comply. And then you bring him down for a little bit. And then the next one is the bad guy has a big thing that's going to destroy some shit. And you have to bring him down for a little bit. And then the next one is he has a great big thing that's going to destroy some stuff. And then you have to bring him down for a bit. Different bad guy sometimes. Same story. So, um, what's Is that your, offensive to you? <laughs> yeah. What's your, real, what's your take on the, before we review this one, the Terminator movies in general? I don't think I've seen all of them, have I? Yes. Hmm. Well, I forgot most of them, but the first one <laughs> and the second one <laughs> were, of course, um, you know, for various reasons, more memorable to me, probably because I've seen them many, many times. I would say over time, I watched the first one, maybe not many, many, maybe four or five times. The second one, I probably saw 20 times because it would have been on like HBO and stuff, you know. The other ones, it was like, watch and go like they don't stick in my mind they weren't as memorable or powerful right. Is that the right way to say it um so i don't even remember them but i do adore the story and i like the futility of it. it's like a zombie movie almost there is no escaping the future 
There is no escaping the zombies. It's the same premise. True. So no matter what you're doing, (laughs) you shouldn't give up the fight, but just prepare to do the fight over and over and over. And I like that. I like them. It's a cherished story to me. And Terminator 2 is like was like a groundbreaking visual effects film. I remember coming out of it after seeing it in the cinema and I was just blown away. Like I was like, what Didn't the Didn't you say you immediately wanted to go back in and watch it again or was that a Twitten Tarantino movie? No, that was uh, Terminator 2. I right. was like, you know, when you come, even if, when you watch it now, you're like, oh, look at those, those special, some of those special effects are kind of ropey. But what did it for me was, you know, when he comes up out of the tiled floor in Terminator 2, he just liquid. Yes. He's, in li- he's liquidized, and then he comes up out, out of the tile floor. I was yes. like, Oh my god! Look at that! It looks so real. And the thing, do you remember the milk carton with the point with his pointy arm? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty gr- pretty graphic, isn't it? Uh, Terminator Two. But I remember I was just blown away, like by how crazy movie you know special effects have got. So uh, that's dear to my heart. An unpopular opinion from me, I will say, as you, for all you Terminator fans. I think I've only seen the first one once, and I don't remember being that blown away by it. Mm. Do, do you do you remember the first one? I do. I'm not. I, I don't, don't remember like every single detail. Was it as action packed as the second one or not? No, no. And it's more of its of the times. You know what I mean? It's more idea over. It's more substance over right. style. It's been a long sure. time since I've seen that one, and I'm I sure. don't remember. I just remember like. Going to see Terminator 2 and going, well, I wasn't that into the first one, but let's see what this is. And then going, oh my God, I'm a Terminator fan. This is awesome. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) I'm all in. So we're not here for the old Terminator films. We're here for Terminator Dark Fate. And we did watch the, that last one we watched with the Khaleesi as Sarah Connor. I don't think either of us were mega fans of it. I completely forgot about it. So yeah, that tells you something. So this one... Why it's notable as a Terminator movie is it's the return of Linda Hamilton to the franchise. Arnold Schwarzenegger's back, but he hasn't ever gone anywhere, has he? He's been in all of them, as far as I know. He might mm-hmm. have been. He might have been a CG one though in the Khaleesi one. He might not have actually been him. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I remember him jumping out of a helicopter, and he looked really rubbery mm-hmm. in that one. There's so, a little bit of rubbery action going on this time. Too. There is. Um, so this one's a, a return to the, you know, what's he called? Um, what's James he called? Cameron. James Cameron is says, he got on record there as saying, this is like, for him, the third Terminator movie, because it's the continuation of the story he brought in one and two. Right. So the other ones still exist and everything, but they're kind of alter. as far as James Cameron's concerned, there are alternate timelines. or But that doesn't matter in these Terminator movies. Because it's all alternate timelines and it's time timey wimey. Yep, yeah, <laughs> you can get away with a lot. You have to take leaps a lot of the time and go. Oh, here we go. We've somebody from the future. Somebody's from the past. Oh, here's a flashback. Here's a flash forward. It's like Doctor Who and Star Trek. You just have to start accepting. Yes, wibbly wobbly, timey wimey thing. And I don't think this one was as complicated as the other ones. Convolute that. Sarah, you know, the uh, Khaleesi one was very convoluted, and I remember thinking, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right. This one isn't like that. It's really simple. Some Terminators drop into our world, 
and yeah it is they make it pretty straightforward yeah it's and then it's action basically from start to finish right i don't think it really slows down that much it's just a lot of action there's a really cool car truck you know all kinds of highway chase near the beginning of the movie there's a i was a bit disappointed with the finale um because it was very like we'd seen it before to me Mm. like doesn't it always come down to like spoilers there are some spoilers in this talk okay so if you're allergic to spoilers go away (laughs) but having said that let's get into the spoilers the finale is like terminators how how do you destroy terminators usually you either melt them what else do you do blow Mm. them up no blowing them up doesn't seem to work no melting them down but it that doesn't even work necessarily you have to sort of like um what would you say like Fry their yeah, electronics, CPU, yeah. yeah, or completely take them apart one cell at a time. So this movie, like, when the person actually says in the script, we're going to designate this the kill room, I was like, oh, really? And then we see this, like, room. I was like, oh, typical room that we're going to have a fight with Terminators. <laughs> and it doesn't really go anywhere from there, does it? It's just a fight to the death. True. And that was the kind of part where I was disappointed with because I was like, maybe this will do something clever towards the end because they've been trying stuff. But it didn't really. It was just a fight between Terminators. And True. I feel like we've seen a lot of fights between Terminators at this point. This Terminator did have a cool gimmick, though, didn't he? The, yes. Separate, separation, I, I would say. Yeah, call. I thought it was like, holy crap, he can make more of himself. But no, no he's it, just... The, the guy described it in the extras that he has like a removable endoskeleton that can come out of him and become its own thing and then meld back into him. Yeah, so they can It was be... good. I was like, whoa, I like that. Yeah, when he first did it, I was like, what? Oh, okay, we're changing it up a bit. That's why I thought the ending could have been, more, could have been a bit more clever and maybe involve that, but it, it kind of just generic. And, yeah. Um, so we have our cast of characters we got, and they're all it's like a trap, you know, it goes from one thing to another pretty quickly, this movie, didn't, didn't you think? It's like, we're in one situation, then we're in another. Sure, but I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we, if you're let's fan, be honest, we all know what's going on, right? Yeah. I mean, The future is in jeopardy, or the future is already fucked. There's your F word for the day. And so now we have to do a thing against or for or with a person now to change the decisions they'll make to in- make sure that the future is different or the same. Yes. So, I mean, there's nothing more complicated than that. So, the thing is just the action that's going to be required to achieve that goal. Now, the opening of this movie, where it was showing you Sarah Connor's speech from Terminator 2, where she's sat Mm -hmm. in black, I thought that was a really powerful opening, that part. And then it switched to, here's Linda Hamilton and, what's he called? He played John Connor. I don't know. I don't know his name. Yeah, well, Linda Hamilton and John Connor are on a beach having fun. It's the end of Terminator 2. Is they've, she having fun? Is that how you interpret no, she's that? Just, <laughs> she's kind of having a drink. And she's, she's just defeated the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we're having it's, fun now. It's the happy ever after kind of there. The, and then what do they do in the first minute of the movie? Uh, this is the biggest spoiler you're going to give. <laughs> it doesn't matter that the first two movies happen because John Connor is eliminated very quickly. So it doesn't matter that the first two movies happen. Also, 
these other other movies that we're ignoring now, where John Connor goes on to do stuff, that is kind of doesn't even happen. Doesn't happen either. So it kind of resets the whole thing at the beginning, and then I was like, oh, I don't know. I, it happened very quickly, just before the title sequence, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about this now. What the hell? Like, yeah, hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah, I was like, this seems uh, lazy. Like, we need a fresh, a fresh slate. Yeah, I agree. And then it's then the movie started, and I kind of accepted it a bit more as it went on. You know what it's like? It's like when uh, Ripley yep. is rescued. It is. In number three. Yes. On the prison planet. Yeah. And it's like, oh, those two people that we spent the whole of uh, Aliens, the guy and the little girl protecting and him saving us and blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're dead. Spoiler. Yes, There's a spoiler for another movie, but it's like, what? I'll give you another <laughs> example. The movie Prometheus. It's set at the ending of Prometheus. It is set up for a great sequel that I would have loved to see. But then in Alien Covenant, in a very throwaway line of dialogue, they mentioned that that mission didn't ever succeed and it failed. And let's move on. You're getting more obscure here, but yeah. I- it, was, it, was, it was annoying to me, though. I was like, oh, I, I came into this movie to see the continuation of that. But now it's something else and that didn't really matter. So that's what happens here. But then you do get your you do get a Terminator movie. Don't know if that's the highest praise, but that's what you get, right? Even though they have reset things. True. You get, you know, it's a bit cheesy in parts, as far as yeah. the Terminator movie goes. You know, there are some questionable decisions I think that might just upset fans of it, of it, including that very first scene. But um, then you know what I'm going to say? They can make their own movie. Yeah. <laughs> but as as far as it went for me, I, you know, I'm actually love Terminator Two, and I really do like the franchise. But it is, I said to you, it's the most uneven thing, isn't it? Like if you go and watch, you know, like I say, one is I don't love one. It was okay, and then two was just amazing, and then three was okay, and four was worse, and five was even worse, and six I just kind of lost interest <laughs> at Khaleesi. And now there's this one, so I didn't have mega high hopes for this. Like, going in, I was like, okay, another one? But I actually enjoyed this one much better than the other sequels. You know? I thought it was in line with how a Terminator movie should be. It was a bit far-fetched in parts. The pit on the plane didn't make a lot of sense. You mean a movie where robots (laughs) from the future come back to change the futures? Doesn't seem far-fetched to begin with. You know, like, the bit on the plane and the bit with the dam. Sure, but I liked it. It was all crazy, like. Yeah, I am not a big, huge action sequence fan when it comes to fights and chases and whatnot, but I really enjoyed it. I just let it go like, okay, there's some bad CGI, it's totally wacky, they're wasting 15 minutes of this whole story to do this sequence with the end is going to be the end result anyway, but I just kind of went along for the ride. Yeah, it had a cool, it had cool, it did have some good special effect when you say there's some dodgy ones. There was also some really good ones. Sure. In that factory at the beginning where they're in the automobile factory and a fight breaks out. That was really good. She was fighting against. And it was in, you know, broad daylight. It wasn't in the dark. There wasn't anything hiding from anything. And it looked really good. In fact, I said to you, this movie's mostly in broad daylight, right? That might be why you sometimes think CG is a bit dodgy. They did do a few darker scenes, but I I even said to you in the middle of the movie, oh, 
this is a scene that's taking place at night, but yeah, we can see what's happening. Exactly. It's totally <laughs> doable. I mean, this was a scene stood on, they were stood on top of a train. It was pitch black and this train was sneaking, basically. And there was no lights, maybe one person, two people with lighters, but you could see it. So I was happy with it. It was amazing. Amazing yeah. feat. Uh, and some of the actual CGI I thought looked really good. I don't, like, I really loved in Terminator 2 when Robert Patrick did the spiky arm thing. And in this one, there's a scene in the, you know, when we see her as a soldier. Yeah. And we see those really cool ones where yeah. all those things come out of the back. I like that. That was a, that scene only lasted about a minute and a half. But I was like, oh, I really like this part of it. But we don't. It seems like that's the case for all Terminator movies, right? We get a promise of, like, we're going to see a big battle in the future, but then we only see a split second of it, or mm. just a, cl- a clip or a flashback. or So we don't really get that. We don't get the super, you know, future thing. But we do get... Was well, it's it... expensive. Come on, it's expensive. <laughs> Did they say what year this was? Uh, no. 2049 is when the thing happens... In the mm. movie, that's the catalyst, whatever. Yeah, I guess you could make. I guess you could figure it out by how old Linda Hamilton is and how old when her son died, and mm. you know, she's been buggering around for years fighting Terminators in the normal world, right? Is it the normal world? We don't even know anymore. <laughs> when <laughs> is just the when is now? World. When is now? When is then? Yeah. When's the future? We don't know. I mean, this movie just takes place. It doesn't look like the future, even though it probably is a little bit compared to where we are. Well, you have to actually take the age of the young lady. Because yeah. if in 2049, she's still, I mean, she doesn't look like she aged much when we I, see the flash forwards. That was one of the problems that I did have. Yeah. yeah. But then, it, you know, right now it could be 2035. Yeah. She might not age that much in a few years. But it's not like a super future world that is taking. We don't. It's not like everybody's like flying cars and do. It's just seems normal, right? True. It seems like us, because that's cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, what did you think of this? Is a this is one of the major points of the movie. What did you think of Linda Hamilton's not her acting or anything? We'll get into that. But her oh, motiv- we'll get into that. Her motivation of like what she was doing and why she was even in this. I get it. For one main reason, right? This is a person who has lived to know the truth, lived through this fictional story, that the future is effed, right? right? There is going to be an AI overlord that will try to destroy humanity, right? So when you know that, you've seen the thing, you've done all the stuff, right? You would get a very embittered, very cavalier attitude, because, like, whatever we're doing, it doesn't matter, right? Like, I'm just going to keep killing Terminators, and they killed my son, so F them all. And I think that she pulled that off. <laughs> That's exactly her attitude. Especially when she meets up with 101 again. Mr. Terminator um. guy, yeah. That she's just bitter and tired and feeling as though her sto- she's so important that she has to keep fighting this fight to save the future. What I love is... When she realizes from the people from the future don't even know who she is. Yeah. That she's actually not that big a deal. That the whole of the story is the whole of the story. She's not it anymore. 
And yet she's used her whole life fighting it. She kind of changed her attitude a little bit there. And I felt like that was good. Overall, however, I don't think Hamilton and Schwarzenegger are either one high on the acting list. (laughs) In this particular movie. It's fine. It's fine. I like her attitude. She's kind of a comic book character almost. You know, there are moments where on her face she has good reactions to things instead of like overly emotionalized dialogue or whatever. But I liked her. When we try... I understood her. Yeah, when we're um, watching this movie and it's obvious that they're trying to get a new Terminator franchise going, you know, setting it up, basically. Yeah, it's a bit vulgarly yeah, obvious. Yeah, it feels like that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're saying goodbye, like like Star Wars, saying goodbye to the old crew, yeah. welcoming in the new ones, and it, it overly feels like that. Also, when we get into doing the IMDb comments later, there's going to be a, a certain tone to those, what people are saying. What people... What do you think about that aspect? People are saying in the comments in people that this is a woke. Right. That it's an intentional political statement. Woke meaning if you don't know what that means, it's just that it's more tapped into some, some people call them agendas and some people call them causes. Some people say it's legitimate to say that female characters need to stop being saved by men constantly and that women can be equally, you know, can carry the weight of a movie, of a story, and da-da-da, right? So that's the woke part. We have all female heroes, but we don't really. So it kind of cuts the legs off of this woke idea that, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is here. He is going to save the day on some level. So the woke part gets kind of, yeah, we're totally woke. We're totally all about the girl power. And yet we have this Terminator man from the future past. (laughs) Yeah. Who's actually going to pay a pivotal part in making sure we win the battle. So it's just sort of like giving lip service to the idea of, I don't even know what the crystallized idea of being woke is. Not really. I understand fundamentally the concept that everybody has value in the world, right? I get that. And that we need to work toward that on every level. But to define your movie or define it as that and then praise it for it or condemn it for it, it's giving this movie a little too much credit. It's a Terminator movie. Yeah, what was the idea behind Arnold being a drapes person? Uh, Explain what he is. Well... We're telling the whole movie? Okay, so Arnold's been around now as the Terminator for 22 years after he does the deed and gets rid of John Connor. And in the process, meets a woman with a child who changes his view. He actually, his brain becomes differently wired on its own. He starts thinking for himself and realizes that he doesn't want to do harm and he wants to protect his family and has some semblance of what love is, but he knows it's not real love. You know, it's just, he's a machine. Right. So in the 
course of that history, he has become a businessman and he hangs drapes for a living. He yeah, sells and hangs drapes. Right, was that a joke? Like I don't even know. It was like they did a joke later in the movie where he's just talking about drapes and his opinion about how to decorate a little <laughs> girl's room. It's and I'm like, weird. I get that somebody's going to laugh their heads off about how <laughs> ironic it is that a Terminator's talking about putting little flowers on drapes in a little girl's bedroom. But then it was so out of place. I don't know. It just I, thought, seemed... I think it was like literally a joke. Where they were like, what the hell do, can we come up with? What did he do? Did he Because, be... you know, you'd be like, did he become like a car mechanic? Or did he become like an engineer? Because he's like... Yeah, there's no telling of how he became a guy who owns a business yeah. who hangs drapes. But... I actually rolled my eyes a little when he was started talking about it. I was like, what is happening? Did we go in... Did we turn into a comedy? Yeah, because if you really want to dig deep and pull at some of the strings of people who will unravel uh, your claims, drapes. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. if you want someone to come along and unravel your claim to having a more progressive or woke story, they're going to say right. So you give this Terminator who has in the past been a symbol of some idea of machismo and whatever. Now you have him hanging drapes to feminize him. Do you think all women hang drapes, you idiots? That's what I was thinking. So, like, you're going, you're not really progressing the no. the idea, right, of what he of this. So I feel like there's no winning in that situation. But it just didn't. It just came off. Like it felt a, weird. Like somebody sat around a table and said, "Wouldn't it be hilarious if he hanged drapes?" Yeah, for a like living? a dopey, like yeah, like. They were comment. They were doing it in the writers' room, and they were going, "Oh, he could be a mechanic. He could be this. He could be an aerospace engineer. Oh, what happens if he owned drapes? That'd be funny." And then they just went with it. Yeah, because a better business for a Terminator who's a machine from the future would be something at least mechanical, because he can fix anything. That's right? why I went straight to mechanic or engineer. Or something. Yeah, not because it's masculine, but because he's a machine. Intelligent. Well, he's a machine. He's not intelligent. He's just programmed to know how to do things and he's very strong he's very physical so it would make more sense for him to be more productive but hey i wasn't writing it so so that was that was the i actually rolled my eyes at that part i was like <laughs> i don't even know where we're we coming from with this like it it's bizarre what are we doing people yeah <laughs> and then you know he comes along on the journey with them and he just turns back into old arnie basically right um Fighting. I mean, that's just what he's programmed for. He's going to yeah. fight the fight. So, um, moving on to the cast, Linda Hamilton returns as Sarah Connor. It's been been a while, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't actually... I don't feel like I've seen Linda Hamilton in between then and now. She's not really been in much, right? I don't know. Not that I've seen. I haven't I mean, really looked her She did have much. a long list of stuff, but it was mostly TV work. Or, right. Or, like, animated things where she does voices. So, how did you feel about her? I mean, I like her, but I don't I don't feel a lot of... It feels shallow to me at times. I mean, like, this is Linda Hamilton, she's supposed to be badass, and now she's badass, and she's acting badass. Yeah. And she has a bad attitude, and she swears a lot. And it's very two-dimensional, knowing all the stuff that she's been through. It still comes off as a little bit like Comic we just book. want to make her fill the fan service as being like the tough ass I aging mean, woman who she is and make it seem almost a joke at times too, I think. If you're looking close, it seems a little bit like. But well, then again, 
think about her as a person. If that was a real world and she'd lived through all that, who knows how she would be, but... When we're first introduced to her, she kills a bunch... Well, she fires, like, a bazooka and a shotguns and stuff, and mm-hmm. then she says, I'll be back. But real pat, like, I'll be back. Yeah, but, I mean, they use that, and it's kind of... And they do the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun as she's saying it. So... Yeah. They really fan please in that moment. I, I kind of like that. I thought it was fun. But then it also doesn't match anything else that's happening. Correct. <laughs> it's like, well, there's a funny moment, and then none of the rest of it's Correct. So they, they try a few, like, silly things. Um, so I think Linda Hamilton, you know that opening sequence from the original movie that she, where she does the speech? Mm-hmm. I think she's really good in that. I always have thought that's a good scene. She's just telling it. And she's well, really—it's a, a bit melodramatic. Let's be honest. I always like that scene and that kind of. But then when she appears in this, there's none of that. Yeah, she doesn't get too hyped up, except pissed off. Yeah, pissed off and kind of. But then it's been a long time and she's tired. Yeah, she has fought you a know? lot of Terminators. So Arnold's back as the T eight hundred drape uh, installing machine. I mean, what do you think of Arnold? He's fine. I'm not. I've never been like a huge Arnold fan. Like you know. Can't wait to see what he does next or anything. So I'm pretty indifferent. Um, the character, again, they're trying to make it so he has come to the conclusion that what he was programmed to be is not what he wants to be. Therefore, he's making new choices. Correct. That's a cool idea. I like it because that's how life is. You might be programmed in your life to some degree to think about a thing a certain way or a certain, you know, see the world a certain way. And then as you educate yourself and learn more, well, the real truth is it becomes very frustrating because it's very difficult to figure it all out. But you do change fundamentally how you are in the world and the decisions you make and how you treat people. And that's that's all he's symbolizing here, really. Whereas Linda Hamilton's character has not, right? She's the unwoke one in terms of progressing in her life. She sees one thing and that is all. Terminators must die. True. Because she's in charge of the future. And that's it. She's not really changed any. Right. Interesting. Hadn't thought of that till now. So Mackenzie Davis plays Grace. And Grace is not a Terminator. We've we've told more than once that she's not a Terminator, right? Correct. She's an augmented human. Correct. So she's kind of like a Terminator because she'll fight in that kind of style. She's pretty tough. What did you think of her? I liked her. She's different to to what other things that are doing. Like, we keep seeing the same thing pretty much from each of these films. Like, oh, here's the new thing. And she's like a new thing thrown in there. Sure. Which we don't know about augmented humans, I'm assuming. I mean... That's the first introduction of it. Yeah, so obviously it probably play a part in the future. I feel like it's contrived also that the people who are writing it are like, how can we make sure that this person, this... Terminator slash machine slash person who's coming from the future to protect someone isn't just a carbon copy of Terminator 2 guy, Yes, He's just been reprogrammed to save her instead of kill her. Well, let's make her into a person. And and the guy who directed it and stuff, he seemed real interested in like, well, if I don't care about the people, then I don't care about the movie. And how do we make people care about her? Make her a person instead of a machine. Like, you know. Yeah. So that's what they did. So it seemed a bit overly written, but so she's I still like, like a, her. I like her and I like the character. Yeah, like a three-dimensional Terminator. <laughs> Terminator with 
mostly human. Because she's mostly human. Just well, she is human, yeah. Yeah, she's... just the augmented bit makes her strong. Her brain hasn't been augmented. And uh, Natula Reyes, who plays Danny. Now, she's like, the way they were talking in the extras, she's like going to carry this franchise forward. That's what they said. Um, I th- I liked her. Uh, oh, I liked her a lot. Story arc, too. I liked yeah. how she, you know, at the beginning, she's a regular civilian person. By the end, she changed into something completely different. But again, we're going to keep going back to the politics here. They wanted to make a statement, and he said, how cool would it be? Cameron said himself. Yes. Because with all the politics, with immigration and whatnot in America, wouldn't it be cool if we make our heroine a person who is, a, you know, a Mexican? Yeah, from she's someone from, from Colombia. No, she's from Mexico. No, the actress is I know, from Colombia. He's saying the character right, yeah. is from Mexico. She's from Mexico City. And have her have to come here to save everybody. Wouldn't that be something? So that's very contrived as well. Then again, like I said, you can't win. <laughs> Even if you did that on purpose to make a political statement or just to say anybody could save the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. Anybody could take on this role. So I, I thought she did a really good job, though. Yeah, um, we, I love. She's my favorite thing in the whole movie. And when I thought I've seen her before in something, I haven't. I had a look. She's been in lots of Mexican um, TV, mm. including soap opera, but not not in Hollywood stuff. Right. And then the Terminator himself, who's come to, he's also a Mexican actor, Gabriel Luna. Yeah, plays, I liked him too. Yeah, I really thought he was good. I, you know, I was like, oh, they trained. They just want a guy who's kind of like Robert Patrick, so we just get those kind of vibes of it. But then I was like, no, he's doing his own thing here. Definitely. Like he's got this new thing, this Terminator, where you said like social engineering. Yep. Where he just like he'll talk to some people, like, and he knows exactly what they want to hear, and then they'll just like he makes him. like a very quick assessment of what type of people he's dealing with and if he can talk his way out of it the guy said he will so i think that's a fascinating aspect like when he goes up to the two like cops with the cowboy hats and he's like do you guys know where i can get a chopper like after he's like kind of schmoozed them a little he said i prayed really hard (laughs) and blah 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 and they tells another person he was in afghanistan as a soldier and so he's tapping into what he's perceiving the people want to hear from him just to make him less of a threat which is fascinating and he had some badass action sequences where he just kept coming that that's the best thing about the terminator franchise like zombies terminators yeah they don't give up (laughs) it just keeps coming like and the car chase part at the beginning it was like, he's there, and now he's in this thing, and then you're like, oh, well, they blow the truck up. No, there he is again, and there he is. There she is throwing rebar bars at him. And <laughs> it's just crazy. Just There's no stopping him. And that's the best part about the Terminator until, in any Terminator film, to me, whenever they get in a room that's got like a melting thing or a drill or something, I'm like, well, that's where they're going to end up. It's like too obvious. That's why, mm, yeah. I, that's why I was hoping the ending would be something else than just sticking them in a thing. But the bathroom fight in number, was it four? Yeah. Or three? Oh, it was three, actually, yeah. Terminatrix. Yeah. That was a pretty good fight. Yeah. Memorable. Don't, I don't know how good that movie is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got a memory of it that it was okay, but uh, I don't know how actually good it is if you go back and visit it. So, uh... This is directed by Tim Miller. He's the director of Deadpool. And he was also, before he was the director of Deadpool, he was a CGI artist. So some of the CGI that is dodgy in this movie, I was thinking, well, he's a CGI artist. How's he let that go? And we're talking about James Cameron, executive producer. 
who's the master of CGI stuff. <laughs> so why does anything that does you know doesn't look perfect get through? But I watched this channel on YouTube. I've been watching it recently quite a lot. They called the Corridor Crew, and they you're are you're loving on those guys. They're really good. They're a team of CGI animators, and they work for various um, people. One of them worked for Pixar for a while. One of them worked for Weta. So they are, you know, they've legitimately worked on Hollywood films, but they made a YouTube channel where they show you how CG is done. And sometimes they take a movie that they think is a terrible shot and try and redo the shot, make it look better. And they've given me an insight into CG and how like expensive it is, firstly, and how time consuming it is. And there are a lot of times, even they said, movies they've worked on, where they submit shots that have took months to render to the house and the house, uh, like Disney or whoever, say, we don't, don't really like these three shots, but we haven't got enough time to, for you to redo them, so we're just going to go with them. Right. And he says that happens more often than you think. So e- even they were pointing to some scenes in the Avengers Endgame, which didn't look quite right, where, like, Thor's hair is clipping through his jacket and stuff where it looks, you can see Really? Never if you that. pause it and he shows you frame by frame, you're like, oh yeah, that's actually an error. And they're like, yeah, but that's an error because this whole scene here would have took him a month to render and there's no time to re-render it. It has to be in theaters. So they just leave it. So right. that gave me an insight into sometimes dodgy CG is possibly because they've run out of money or they've run out of time. Um, but there is definitely some like rubbery Spider-Man CG in this movie, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, the, God, yeah. The way the Terminator jumps. Uh, not about. only that, the first whole scene; those are all video game people. They yes. created them all. Oh, with yeah, yeah. Video game, uh, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah uh, they're not even like young Linda Hamilton and young John Connor at the beginning. They're not even. I wasn't even thinking of them. I was thinking of like the um, the the factory too. Was a little bit like that. Yeah, a little bit, but the, the that beginning scene, um, they are actually... There's no True. There. It's just computer, the whole thing. I didn't think it looked too bad, but yeah, they did look video gamey when you look close. So, um, the direction's actually pretty good on this film. I feel like it, it felt like a Terminator film. It was really fast-paced. It was ludicrous in parts where you're like... <laughs> the plane scene in particular, where they fight, it's just... You just have to go, okay, whatever. Whatever. Now we now we like we're diving really fast, so now we're in zero gravity a little bit. And now yeah, I thought about that. Like, and now we are. And now you know. It's, we're not scientists, but that <laughs> didn't look right. No, it didn't. But hey, but I was just. We're like, not in the future, so whatever. we don't know. It looks cool. It so. looks cool. Forget about it. Yeah. So, um, IMDb reviews. What is this section of the show? It's when you look up reviews, which I don't do, and when you find the one stars. You like to read them in a funny voice because if you uh, if you disagree with them, you like to make fun of them. If you agree with them, you're like, they're totally right. So the people who hate this movie, here they are, all in one place <laughs> IMDb. I doubt that, but... This guy says, what did I just watch? <laughs> what the heck is this? It destroys Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 in the first five minutes. The remaining movie is a political correct piece of shit. <laughs> just stop. Please stop. Charming. The next guy says, estrogen overload. Of course. The evil Terminators still want to take over the world, but they're going to learn not to mess with angry feminists. Oh my goodness. 
<laughs> that was that was all he said. Yeah. This guy says they killed John. He was the reason the first two movies even existed. The movie was woke trash. <laughs> Let's replace beloved characters with female counterparts just because. So it's not about a male savior anymore, but we're going to keep the line for John, even though we killed him. Also, Danny doesn't need no man to save her, to which Sarah replies, you're John. So now John's important again, even though we just killed him. <laughs> good point. All good points. <laughs> but not the woke trash thing. Come on. Come on. Um, the first five minutes of this movie sticks two fingers up to the Terminator and Terminator 2. James Cameron should have been involved to stop this happening. Oh, so they haven't actually watched the extras. No, even though he was fully involved. Done he wrote any research. the <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what else we got? Woke Terminators, this guy says. Why does it offend people so much? I may not be the best proponent for any huge singular social change movement. I'll say that openly. You can hate me if you want to. But there is always multiple sides to everything. When the ultimate goal of humanity would be that everyone is treated equally unless their behavior dictates otherwise. That, to me, would be the goal. Until your behavior shows the world or the people around you or does damage to anyone around you, that's when you get judged and you get whatever is going to happen to you happen. Everything else, we don't even, you don't even notice. Don't care if you don't believe in a god. Don't care if your hair is blonde or your butt's fat or whatever. Whatever the thing is about you. That's the goal, right? But every individual social movement, it seems like they lock down so tight on a thing. Like, that someone else has to be offended that you want women to be the stars of the show. So now you're criticizing being woke because you're threatened? I don't even understand exactly, but I don't get the I'm threatened by your attempt at giving me some social conscious ideology through this fictional tool. That's all that's happening, right? Oh, now I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> Don't watch it then. And I mean, it is slightly overt, definitely. It's very movie. overt, and yet it is not an attack no. on a person who may not think exactly along those lines. It is simply a fictional thing put together by a bunch of people who had a similar goal, which was to make this movie, tell the story, have these characters. That's it. It's very singular in the world. and all of the universe, it doesn't matter. And if you think that it does, and it somehow is moving the world in a direction that's going to not benefit you anymore, why are you watching movies? You seem to have a bigger problem than entertaining yourself. This guy said, "This guy, I think this guy might be a, a shill for Denny's Restaurant. <laughs> but here we go. Somebody has to be. He said, I technically paid to see Dark Fate, but I was sat there thinking about Denny's a lot that day. I sat in the theater, Terminator Dark Fate was on the screen. But Denny's was stuck in my head. I just wanted to go and eat. Would Denny's want to watch Dark Fate sitting next to me? I thought. I don't know what this means. What is Denny's doing at this very moment? I kept thinking of it. I kept thinking of it. And then I just left the theater 40 minutes in and went to Denny's. Nice I mean, work. 
It's fair to say your mind was elsewhere, I guess. I don't really understand. I guess, he, I guess the guy was just hungry. He should have at before he went to the And film. that the, the movie... Let's see, let's dissect this now. The <laughs> movie wasn't good enough to get him distracted from wanting to go to Denny's. Is that what we're picking up here? It sounds like... Which is fair, because I've watched movies before where my mind was elsewhere. But so it wasn't during it. this one. The thing is, why not just leave halfway through the movie and go to Denny's? But then he said he paid for it, so... All right, so um, what we've got here for extras on the Blu-ray is... Uh, it's not even telling me. Oh, yeah, it is. Deleted and extended scenes, in-depth behind-the-scenes featurettes, over an hour of bonus features. Um, what did you think about the featurette that we watched? It was fine. It was pretty standard, though, right? Yeah, not, nothing unexpected. It's not like one of those great making offers or anything. It's a lot of people on the set saying how good each other are. Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. So uh, you've got that. There is a bunch of extras on there. Um, so thank you to Paramount for letting us review. I'll give it some kind of rating. I'm going to give it like a six. How about that? Mm, I'll give it a seven just because I enjoyed the I enjoyed the franchise. I didn't dislike anything particularly. You know, things were annoying like the bad CGI and the, like you said, the overt messaging I'm an adult. I don't need things to be quite so um, movie-splained to me, as I would like to say, or Hollywood-splained to me, or try to show me an analogy and trick me into thinking something. That's the, But then I'm just like, it's Terminator. That's true. <laughs> if I want to educate myself about humanity, it will not be through a movie from Hollywood. So I kind of quickly move on and go, mm, it's entertainment, I enjoy it, moving on. All right, so next week we will be looking at the movie The Hunt. Do you know about this movie? No. Well, you will next week when you've watched it. So we'll be looking at The Hunt next week. I like not knowing. It's good. Well, you won't know, and then you will know. Hmm. All right, movie recommendations. I am going with the subject of this movie, right? So firstly, I'm going to go with Titanic, my favorite James Cameron movie. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's not Aliens. It's Titanic. Interesting. I just really like it. It's, oh, I know you do. It's, I've been married to you since it was a thing. So. Yeah, it's just a really good movie. <laughs> it's a big event movie. It's awesome. Does it hold up? Yeah, it okay. does hold up because we watched it when it came out on Blu-ray. It wasn't maybe a couple, four years ago, five years ago. Still held up. You enjoyed it. You cried. Oh, yeah. Well, I cried because it's real, but it's <laughs> not real. It's yeah. another it's another attempt to Hollywood to manipulate my emotions. But the thing is, it, there was a boat that sank a ship and killed a lot of people. So. That's true. So that is uh, Titanic. And my second one is I was looking for a film that stars Linda Hamilton that I liked. And the one I came up with was Dante's Peak. I thought <laughs> you were going to say Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't do that one. So Dante's Peak is the other one. You like that one? I do like Dante's Peak. It's fun. I like disaster movies. I do too. I didn't yeah. dislike Dante's Peak, but if you if I watched it now, I'd be like, oh it's probably my God. pretty stupid at this point. It's got James Bond and Sarah Connor. Jesus, I know that's a quite a pairing up. <laughs> James Bond, as in Piers Morgan, right? Or Piers Morgan? Yeah, Piers Morgan, the new <laughs> James Bond. He's no. British, so I guess he could do it. Piers Brosnan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people are like, who's Piers Morgan? Just look him up. <laughs> You're talking about Everybody political people trying to change. No, they don't. No, they don't. He was on CNN, wasn't he, or something? Yeah. For a while, years. he took over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
So Piers Morgan in Dante's Peak. Piers Morgan and Linda Hamilton. And what are your recommendations? My recommendations are, as I've been explaining through this 2020 situation, uh, my plan was to go back 100 years and 50 years. Because cinema, slash movie making, slash putting together moving pictures to tell a story, has been going on for actually more than 100 years. And a lot of people maybe don't even know that. Or don't put it in any context that in 1920, right, movies being made, you might think of them as having, I don't know, very different themes. They don't. They're about violence and infidelity and murder and social unrest and taking over. Remember, this is right after World War I, and so lots of, like, um, dictator kind of movies and whatnot. So it's interesting to go back. So the two movies I found, one from 1920 is called Pollyanna, starring Mary Pickford. I don't know the movie. I haven't seen it, but it's Pollyanna. So I'm going to guess if you look up Pollyanna, you'll figure out what it is. (laughs) That's my explanation. And the other one is Beyond the Valley of the Dolls from 1970. I've seen that one. You have. And can you recommend it? Yeah, it's really, it's kind of... Effed up? Crazy, yeah. Both um, Valley of the Dolls and Beyond the Valley of Dolls. Is it like Stepford Wives? No. Kind of deal? No, but it's kind of crazy. I gotta look it up now. I've seen it on, uh, I don't know where I've seen it. Valley of the Dolls. I've seen the the original. It's very good. Beyond is probably not as good. Well, I mean, you know, sequels are what they are. Oh, one of the pictures on IMDb is actually just a naked woman laying on a naked Yeah, there's a lot of nudity (laughs) in both. Three girls come to Hollywood to make it big, but find only sex, drugs, and sleaze. Correct. So there you go. I'm guessing it's not, in today's terms, a woke No, movie. It's, it's pretty, and it's very kind of soft pawny. Sure. Well, there you go. Yeah. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls <laughs> and Pollyanna. So let me look up Pollyanna real quick. Pollyanna. Listen to the special effects of the typing. Yes, please listen to the typing. It's not a special effect. It's real life, man. <laughs> Type in, type in. Speaking of special effects, you took a breath of mine earlier and were, was trying to make it into some weird sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. You're breathing. People breathe and you can record it in a microphone. Well, I'm not finding it, so just look it up. It's from 1920. All right, so um, Ace Scully stuff. We've been continuing our watch of The X-Files. We Tonight, when we finish watching, we'll be at the end of season one. Have you, how have you enjoyed season one? Oh, love it. I do love it. Been some really good episodes, haven't they? I, 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 I kind of... Um, it can't keep up this pace, can it, of being so good? <laughs> I mean, I know it can't, like... Because there's been some... It's been like... There's been one or two duds, I think. But then most of it's been pretty good. And we're going to see... Uh, we saw Tombs last night. That was mm-hmm. the last one we saw. So tonight we're going to see the two-part finale of the season. So, yeah, X-Files, recommend it if you've not seen it, or if you have seen it, and have not seen it for years, it's a good time to go back and watch it. Also, it, I, said, I mean, some people might not think it holds up, but I think it does. I think it really does, yeah. I was also going to talk about the uh, Sony PlayStation announcement, but because of things this week, people being people, it didn't happen. So they've delayed it, they haven't got a new date for it, so I'll keep you... Posted. Oh, also EA were doing an E3 kind of... There is no E3 this year, but they're all doing their own thing. 
but EA also delayed because they said that it's not time to speak about that. Sure. Yeah, so most things have been delayed. I don't know when they'll resume, but I'm assuming within a couple of weeks. So I'll let you know about it. And games I've been playing. I've been playing some Fortnite, which is not much to say. And I've been playing some... Oh, Fortnite as well. There is something to say. The new season of Fortnite was supposed to be next week. That's also been delayed for another week. So I'll talk about that when it happens. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? What do you want? I want a Whopper that's uh, got that impossible fakeness. Well, there you go. That's what it'll be. That's great. The impossible Whopper. And what is your advice? Um, I think we've kind of talked about... It's not really advice. It's just observing and understanding that in the world of humans, there's a lot to consider. <laughs> a lot. And no one idea or one way can rule them all. There is no one ring to rule them all, right? There's no way that your point of view... And it will be singular, right? Because your life is your life. Your experience is your experience. And if you try to tell me, I cannot tell anyone what it's like to be a parent. I am not a parent. I will not presume to know or pretend to know. I can support and sympathize and try to understand, but I will never. I cannot understand what it is to be a man. I do not know. I will never know. And if I pretend to know... Or do some feigned dramatic gesture to like give up my womanness in order to support your manness that doesn't make it doesn't solve anything, right? I don't even it doesn't solve anything. So it's almost impossible to be in the world of humans. You will never be right to all the people all the time. <laughs> I don't even know what the solution is. And the only thing I keep coming back to is very frivolous and it's very superficial. It does not address the horrific way that we treat one another in all aspects of life. But like, don't be an asshole. To me, it's very simple. Do not do harm. Just do more good. It's, I know that's very simplistic. It's very, it boils everything down to an almost impossible standard, right? Oh, I can't be an asshole. Now we're going to have to define what an asshole is. But I think we all know. Doing less harm and damage and destruction and doing more good and positivity and building and creating, whatever the situation, if you put it to the worst human being on the fucking planet and say, I've got a magic potion here that's going to change you into this. You're going to do less harm. You're going to do more good. You're going to, and that's it. You're going to stop being an asshole. And they drink it and then it's like, oh, I can go spend my time being less angry and destructive and build something, create something, make something. In a fictional movie, that could be the solution, right? The anti-asshole beverage <laughs> or inoculation or whatever it is. A vaccination for being an asshole. But if every person was honest with themselves and not intimidated by the people around them to behave and be and pretend to be something that maybe on the inside they know is not a productive, progressive, or even just like non-invasive person in the world, and they choose to do the harm and the destruction or to choose to tear something down or to beat someone else down intentionally to make themselves feel stronger and better based on whatever ideas are in their head. If you can undo that, 
change it into something else, inform, educate, and change behaviors. That's all we can do. I will never be a perfect person if that exists. Oh, you will. You are. <laughs> no, I'm only perfect to you, which is also not correct, but whatever. I just keep boiling it down to if I can't do something good or productive, neutrality is better than destruction. And that also is controversial. People will argue, oh, by doing nothing, you're contributing to the destruction. It depends on the circumstance, right? But overall, in all of my whole of my life, it isn't complacency as in I approve of the negative. It can be I am paralyzed because I cannot do any good and I cannot undo the bad. Therefore, I'm right in the middle here. I, I don't want to contribute to the destruction and I don't want to go down a path of misinformation to pretend like the whole world can be like peace and joy and happiness, but only if it reflects my face and my lifestyle and my ideas and beliefs. Like, that's also not correct to me. That's doing harm. So, I don't have any advice here, but to say that almost it's impossible <laughs> to, like, find a path. I'm pretty sure other people will say, ah, I identify with that because you don't know where to go. You know, I, I kind of understand on some level why people fall into their boxes, right? They fall into the box of this is my religion. This is my political belief. This is how I see people of this color, that color, whether it, whatever it is, the different race or color or lifestyle or ethnicity from me, everyone who isn't me whatever that is, and I'm going to live in this box because it's very uncomplicated and I can shield my box and I can protect my box and I can, people are probably laughing because boxes. Sounds filthy. <laughs> I'm in a cardboard box. <laughs> Think of it that way. I'm in a cardboard box or a steel box or a box made out of straw or sticks, whatever, however you want to look at it. A cube, right? And it's, it's simplified because once you crack open that box a little bit and look, lift the lid up, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> Everything outside of what I think the world is, is very difficult to sort out and to understand. So I'm going to stay in here. Even if I have a desire to change or fix something that's not quite in here and I don't go along with it all, I'm still protected by this one singular way of living. And the people around me are protecting me because we all think alike and we all look alike and we all sound alike. And I'm just going to stay in here because I can't, I don't know how to cope. You know what? Nobody does. So. All right. You are not alone in the world. If you believe whatever you believe, you just are probably not right because none of us are right about most things. Okay. So Is that with that advice? Said that's not advice. Uh, you can catch us on aschoolie.com, Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, Google Play Store, iTunes, Spotify, RSS feed on the page, tune in. If you've got a smart speaker, just say to it, listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. You can also catch me on email, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk at that address because she isn't her email, so she'd never get it. <laughs> and uh, finally... Stay classy. Ooh. Hey, Use Scully. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Sarah Connor. Okay. Because uh, 
you know, Grandma Connor in this. Pretty good. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I'm gonna say, just think for yourself because if you don't do it, chances are someone's doing it for you.